Hello, and welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Jason Warren Griffiths, and I am glad you're joining us for this worship service for March 22nd, 2020. This is the fourth week of Lent, and I have a couple of announcements for us. One of them is, I miss you very much. I miss gathering as a body, and I miss your faces, and I miss your voices, and uh, I miss you. I just miss you very much. Um, and the second one is, continue to check the weather, like the news for the CDC, what they're supposed to be, what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be staying apart and uh, limiting physical contact, not going out very much, and uh, please listen to that. We want to be good stewards of the temples of God that we've been entrusted with. Um, and then a uh, third announcement is a thank you. Thank you very much for listening to the last message. And I can tell a bunch of you listened because I got a bunch of texts and a bunch of encouraging words via email and stuff and such. So continue to let the Holy Spirit flow through you and continue to check in with one another as much as possible. This morning's call to worship comes from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Let us worship the Lord in spirit and in truth.
Good morning. This Today I will be reading to you from Exodus 17, 5 through 6. The Lord answered Moses, Walk on ahead of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Harib. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. How many of you have ever played the game Rock, Paper, Scissors? It's a game played all over the world, and not just children. Adults play it too. Did you know that there's even an international tournament each year and players from all over the world come together to compete in Rock, Paper, Scissors? Yes, Rock, Paper, Scissors is a very popular game. And as you probably know, each player holds one fist in front of him and it hits it with his other fist three times. Then on the fourth time, the player's top hand forms either a rock, paper, or scissors. This is how you know who wins. Rock smashes scissors, paper covers rock, and scissors cut paper. The great thing about rock, paper, scissors is that any one of them can be a winner. So I have a real rock, paper, and scissors here this morning. If you're going to write a letter, a rock or scissor wouldn't be much help, but a piece of paper would, wouldn't it? And if you wanted to cut a piece of paper, a rock or paper wouldn't help, but a pair of scissors would. So if you were really thirsty and needed a drink of water, a piece of paper, a pair of scissors wouldn't be much help, but a rock might be exactly what you need. What? I know, you're probably thinking I'm crazy. Don't you think a rock would help if you needed a drink of water? Well, that's exactly what happened in our Bible story. Our Bible story today is water from a rock. Moses was the leader of the people of Israel. He was leading them from Egypt to a land that God would give to them. They were wandering through the desert and people were thirsty. They began to grumble and complain to Moses. We are dying, they said. Our children are dying. Our cattle are dying. Why did you bring us out of Egypt to die out here in the desert? Moses went to his tent and fell on his knees before God, asking, what should I do in his prayer? There is no water in the desert and the people are thirsty. They are ready to come after me. God answered Moses and said to him, take your shepherd's staff and walk ahead of the people. I will meet you by the rock at Mount Sinai. When you come to the rock, strike it with your staff and water will flow from the rock. The people will have plenty of water to drink. Moses did exactly what God told him to do. And guess what happened? He got water from the rock. So what should you and I do when we face an impossible situation? We should ask God for his help and then trust him. Sometimes we may not understand the way God is leading, but we just have to trust him. After all, who would have thought you could get water from a rock? Pray with me. Dear Father, when we face impossible situations, help us to remember that we serve a God who can get water from a rock. Amen. As we come to this time of confession, we are reminded that we are a people born of water and the Spirit. We have made promises to be Christ's faithful disciples and to show his love to our life's end. 
Although we fail to fulfill those baptismal vows, God's faithful love endures forever. Confident of God's grace, let us confess our sin and the sin of the world. Eternal God, our Judge and Redeemer, we confess that we have tried to hide from you, for we have done wrong. We have lived for ourselves and depart from you. We have turned from our neighbors and refused to bear the burden of others. We have ignored the pain of the world and passed by the hungry, the poor, and the oppressed. In your great mercy, forgive our sins and free us from selfishness, that we may choose your will and obey your commandments. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Hear the good news. As people born of water and the Spirit, we have died to the old life, and a new life has begun. God's grace is poured out upon us day by day. Come to the water and remember your baptism. Be thankful and live as one who has been raised to new life. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Glory be to God. Amen. are your tabernacle. Glory to the Lord on high. God of wonders beyond our galaxy, you are holy, holy. The universe declares your majesty. You are Beyond our galaxy
Our text this morning is Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. And my sermon title is Carpe Diem. And as way as, uh, as way of an intro, I'd like just to remind us that we're in the Sermon on the Mount um, this morning. And we've been going back and forth between the Gospel of John and the Gospel according to Matthew for this Lenten series. And I'd like to also remind us the Sermon on the Mount is all about the kingdom of God. It's all about making Jesus the king of your life and living in the kingdom that is triumphant or eternal or full of life now in the midst of the kingdom of this world simply by putting Jesus on the throne of your life, making Jesus your king or your Lord, following his voice above all other voices. And he starts off the the kingdom sermon, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, with a call to be downwardly mobile, to be quick to serve, to be willing to be seen as the least The way to be great is the way of service, the way of following Jesus unto the cross, ultimately to be resurrected and made into a new being. So, let's get to the text. Matthew 6, starting in verse 25, and I'll read through 34. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's troubles is enough for today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, Jesus' first word out of the gate in this text is, Therefore, And 
worshiping at Evie Free Fullerton while I was going to high school and college. Chuck Swindoll was the head pastor at the beginning of that. And he would always say, whenever you see a therefore, you got to ask, what's the therefore therefore? Jesus reminds us that he's just said some really potent and powerful truth. That is, you can't serve God and money both. You can't serve two masters. It's just a truth. It's a truth that whether you believe in Jesus or whether you don't, there's a truth out there that's floating, capital T. You can't serve two things. You can't have two things as Lord of your life. If you want a quick tutorial on what Jesus has just preached about, go listen to Bob Dylan's Gotta Serve Somebody. It may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you gotta serve somebody. You might like to drink whiskey, you might like to drink milk, but you gotta serve somebody. Ridiculously good song, ridiculously amazing truth. And Jesus says, recognizing this truth, don't worry about food. Don't worry about clothing or the future. Now, this is a, a common sentiment. This is, this is all over the movies. This is all over a lot of books. I remember in the 80s or 90s, whenever the Dead Poet Society came out, Carpe Diem, that's where I got the title of the sermon. Carpe Diem, the Latin phrase, seize the day. And in that movie, actually the best part of that movie, I think, in my life, was he. that movie turned me on to the poet Dylan Thomas. And it quotes the poem by him saying, Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Um, we don't have control over the future. And we can't change the past. Live in the present. It's all over everywhere. You know, I've seen countless movies, countless, I've read countless stories saying the same thing. All we have is today. All we have is this moment. But how do we not worry about food and clothing and shelter and about our future, especially at a time like this with the coronavirus, where we're not getting to see one another, we're not getting to hug one another, we're not, we're not getting to experience community like we usually do. I don't know if you've driven around lately, it looks like something out of a film, out of some kind of end of times movie. I can't help but wonder, should I have hugged that person last week? How is this going to play out? How are we going to celebrate Easter? How are we going to do the Lord's communion? How can we gather around the Lord's table when we're not supposed to gather? Jesus separates himself from all the movies and all the philosophers and all the wise things and all that stuff. Because it's nothing. To, it's... It, it's not that big of a deal to realize that you can't change the future and you have no control over the past and we need to live for the present. The big deal comes with how. How do we not worry about the future? How do we not worry about where food's going to come from? How do we worry? How do we not worry about how this is all going to play out? Jesus not only tells us a how, 
But in these verses, he tells us what to do instead. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of tired of hearing what not to do. What should we do? But before we get to that, how? How are we supposed to not worry about any of this stuff that's bombarding our our minds at all times right now? Jesus says, consider the birds. Consider the birds. Consider the birds. Now, living in California now, we kind of take it for granted. But we hear birds year-round. And they're always beautiful. And it is amazing, isn't it? That they don't have to worry about where they're getting their food, where they're going to rest. They're taken care of by God. I remember in Michigan, months at a time, during the winter months, you don't hear a bird. And I remember like there's snow being on the ground and then spring breaking forth. It's interesting. Flowers bloom before grass grows. Flowers are back before the leaves. And before all that, birds. The stillness of a winter day. And all of a sudden you hear this, I can't really whistle, but somebody that can whistle, whistle. You consider the, wow. And then he says, don't worry about what you're just, how do we not do that? You consider the flowers. Consider how beautiful it is. I think it was last year when that super bloom happened. Do you remember that super bloom that happened out and everybody was driving out to the deserts to see these super blooms because of all that rain we had had? And did you, anybody go out there? If anybody went out there, the colors were amazing. And I would add, like, consider the sunset. Consider all the beauty that God just lavishes upon our world. Consider the dolphins, consider the whales, consider the beautiful creative nature of our Heavenly Father. How are we not supposed to worry? The bottomless love of our Heavenly Father. We we don't worry by stopping and listening and opening our eyes and seeing the, the multiple doorways into the abundance model of God. What I mean by that is it's the opposite of scarcity. This world operates on a scarcity model. We're going to run out of toilet paper. Everybody buy all the toilet paper. We're going to run out of wipes. Everybody run out of wipes. Everybody run out and buy wipes. But God doesn't operate on that model. There's enough. There's enough of God to answer all the needs of all of his creations. How do we not worry? We get lost in the abundance model of God.
He can fill all my needs. He can fill all your needs. He can fill this whole globe's needs. Because he's God. And he says, wouldn't a God who has made you in his image love you more than a bird? Love you more than a flower? The flowers are going to fade. The birds are all going to wither away and go away. We are his prized possession, his prized creation. A disclaimer to those of us who have come from earthly parents that are less than perfect. Because we have a harder time seeing a heavenly father or understanding or connecting with a heavenly father that's like Jesus describes. Fortunately, I was born into a family where I had a loving mom. My dad did show me the truth of God and God's word and he loved me as best as he could. But I know that it's not the case for a lot of listeners. So it's going to take a little extra faith. And so that's my little disclaimer. If I could take an eraser and erase all the bad understandings of that we've learned from our earthly parents and just left those excellent models. For those of us who have had earthly bad parents, maybe we've had people who've filled in and people who loved us when we were seemingly unlovable, use those people as illustrations, as handholds on a climbing wall to cling to this illustration that Jesus is making. Your Heavenly Father absolutely adores you and His love never runs out. It is bottomless. Getting lost in that love, getting lost in his presence, getting lost in his adoration of his creation that is you, is how we free ourselves from worries of food, clothing in the future. And then Jesus takes it one step even further. And he says, what should we do? Strive first for the kingdom of God. Other translations say, seek first the kingdom of God. It reminds me of a, was a Christian hardcore band that was out there when I was coming through college. They were named Focused. And they had this, this song where, I don't even know the name of the song, but there was, seek the mind of God. Seek the mind of God. And I just remember that word, seek. Um, and he would, it was guttural. They were passionate. They were screaming. And I think they were screaming with a bunch of people. I think uh, Mark Solomon from 
crucified and everybody. I think they helped out on the song or whatever. Um, but I think of that passion and I think that Jesus is saying, drop all your worries. And remember, he's coming off of, you can't serve two masters. And he says, you know, drop all your worries and hold on to that master that is God, your heavenly father. Cling to the truth that he will provide for all of your needs. And seek, seek putting me, Jesus the Christ, on the throne of your life that you might live with me as king of your life. Put that first and foremost, and that also is how. I'll tap you into a heavenly father that's got a bottomless supply of love for you, and then I'll also walk you through the way in which you can walk in this world and not be tainted by it, not be brought down by it, not be sucked into those those nooks and crannies of brokenness. How do we do that? How do we seek first the kingdom of God? I think it starts with this week you read chapter 7. <laughs> you know, and I'm looking at the subject titles, judging others, profaning the holy, ask, seek, search, knock. The golden rule, the narrow gate, a tree and its fruit. How do we seek first? We start with us not trying to take the the speck out of our brother and sister's eye, but we remove the plank in our own. How else? You do what you do, you can to connect. I honestly think it's crucial during this period of time as we're socially distancing ourselves from one another to connect with one another in any way possible. Call, text, FaceTime, Zoom. Then how else? Become deeper. Become deeper. As a child of God. Take these opportunities, these moments. Walk through every window, every door you see into the truth that your your Heavenly Father loves you. Spend time in His Word. Get good at the fundamentals. When all else fails, just get good at the fundamentals. Read his word. Spend time seeking his face. Pray. Talk. Listen. Listen for those birds. Look at those flowers. And all God's people said, Amen. Now's the part of the service where we stop to consider all the ways that God has taken care of us. All the ways that he's blessed us. 
all the ways that he's known our needs and given us what we wanted or needed even before we asked. And as we consider those, we return back a portion. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. Please make checks payable to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant or PCC and send them to P.O. Box 2128 Costa Mesa, California 92628. She's falling apart So much fear and desperation Everywhere And it's easy to confuse Between what's wrong and what is right So often I just want to turn and run away But be still It'll be alright
The Lord reminds us in Second Chronicles, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do indeed humble ourselves and seek your face. Lord, hear our prayers. If the world was ever more desperate for you, it is now. Together, the world's nations and peoples are experiencing this pandemic virus and few answers are available. We wonder if we could be sick and with limited test kits, we may not know. We wonder if we might be a carrier and infect others. We wonder if others we come into contact with may be carriers. Will there be food, medicine, and necessities available when we need it? When can we as a church family meet together again? When can we see our family and friends and hug them? Life is feeling uncertain and lonely, and we all need a fresh touch from your Holy Spirit, Lord. There are times like now where it is difficult to find the words to pray. As more and more people across the globe shelter in place, we pray for those who have no access to shelter. Lord, have mercy. We pray for those who have lost jobs and wonder how they will continue to survive. Lord, have mercy. We pray for the elderly and those with compromised immune systems who are alone and lonely. Lord, have mercy. We pray for those whose anxiety over the uncertainties is overwhelming them. Lord, have mercy. We pray for the doctors and the nurses, hospital staff and first responders, that you will protect them and keep them safe and healthy. Lord, have mercy. We pray for students and teachers who are no longer meeting together in classrooms and are figuring out how to stay connected and continue learning. Lord, have mercy. We pray for those whose jobs continue and force them daily into this ever-changing situation. Lord, have mercy. We pray for those seeking a cure to this pandemic. Give them divine guidance. Lord, have mercy. We pray for our world leaders, our national leaders, our state and our city leaders. Give each wisdom and compassion in making decisions that will affect us all. Lord, have mercy. We pray for those who are infirmed and wondering how they will get treatment. Lord, have mercy. As the situation lingers on and on, increase our reliance on you, Lord. Increase our trust in you, Lord. Increase our hope in you, Lord. Teach us to be prayer warriors during this time. Teach us to be good neighbors. Fill us with your love that overflows from our hearts to those hurting around us. We pause for a moment to pray for those close to us.
O Lord, continue to remind us of your promises in Scripture. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not be dismayed, for I am your Lord. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41.10 There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 4.18 Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.6 And unite us together, praying the prayer that you taught your disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Once again, thanks for joining us. And once again, remember I miss you like crazy. Please reach out to one another. Please be texting, be calling. If you have a directory, a PCC directory, call some of our older congregants. Let them know you're praying for them. Let them know you're thinking of them. Remember, you are loved by the Heavenly Father with no limits. And now, receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.